For these next uh, few services together, our Christmas series is entitled, It's a Boy. There are so many things that are universally true uh, about humanity. I want you to think for a moment that you are waiting expectantly for news of a birth. And the phone rings or whatever happens to communicate to you uh, that the arrival has arrived. What are the two, three, four questions that are most on your lips? What's the first thing that you will ask? What is it? It's a baby. Is it a boy or a girl? I think that's maybe what we mean. So what else might you ask? What's the name? How much does it weigh? Is it healthy? Is everything okay? There are these standard questions that we seek to explore every time there's an arrival, and they're almost universally true and used. And we're picking up some of those uh, questions in our series as we go through our services Christmas Day uh, and next week and so on. You can pick it up on Twitter if that's uh, your thing. So this evening we're thinking about that question, what, what's the name? What's the name? All of us have been in that moment when someone has shared with us the name that they have chosen and we simply cannot believe it. What on earth were they thinking giving that baby that name? What do you say though? Oh, lovely. What a lovely name. She looks like a beetroot. You're right. Lovely name. Fortunately for Joseph in the nativity story, God took the indecision about the name. You shall call him Jesus. You shall call him Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. What was Joseph's response to the name? You see, if you were expecting the Son of God to arrive on the earth and expecting God to give him a name, you would be looking, I would imagine, for something quite impressive. The Lord Almighty, the King of Kings, the El Shaddai, the Old Testament is full of all kinds of wonderfully great names that this baby could have been given. And no doubt Joseph was just like the rest of us. That's a lovely name. Thinking, are you nuts? Jesus? Why on earth would you call him Jesus? You see, the trouble with the word Jesus is that it was just so ordinary. Just so commonplace. Just so everyday. You shall give birth to a son and you shall name him Pete. Hope there's no Peters in the room. That's a very good name. I beg your pardon, Nicola. Excellent name. What a great name, Peter. There's nowhere to go now, is there, really? Whichever name we might choose. But, but you have to, in the psyche in where Jesus grew up, every other person, every Tom, Dick, and Harry was called Jesus. Because that was the most common name. Like Jack is today and was last year and the year before and the year before that. Big cheer for a Jack in the house. 
can't call him Jesus. It's so commonplace. So demeaning almost. So ordinary. Why would God give his son, his unique son, why would God give his son, who was from eternity past to eternity future, if that makes any sense at all, a name so normal and ordinary and mundane and routine? What if God was trying to say something in the name? You see, because Jesus came to be one of us. The story of Christmas is that Jesus came to be one with us, alongside us, in our reality. What if Father God said, name him Jesus, because he will go through what every ordinary, mundane human existence there is. You see, they named him Jesus because he's just like you and just like me. He's experienced the things that you've experienced. He shared the disappointments that you have shared. He's gone through the traumas that you have faced, the losses that you've experienced, the the tears that you've cried, the hopes that you have shared and perhaps had dashed. The Bible says that Jesus himself has entered fully, absolutely fully into our own human experience, like us in every way except without sin. And you see, in a room like this, there is bucket loads of sadness and pain and disappointment and heartache and loss, because that's the human story. And Father God named him Jesus, because he himself has come into our human story. And many of us are locked inside with those things that we struggle with, those doubts that we have, those pains that we don't know what to do with, those losses that we face and have nowhere to go. And it feels like no one else would understand. Who else knows what I've experienced? Who else cares about what's touched me? Well, he does. He knows. He has entered fully into our human experience. And when your head hits the pillow this evening and mine, and we think, if only there was someone who understands. The Bible tells us there's a God in heaven who's lived this life like us, who understands today. The world cries out, in its loneliness, for someone to talk to, someone to relate to, someone who will help them make sense of it all. And there in that manger, God himself came to live our life, that he might be with us, one with us, alongside us. I don't know what 2015 has washed up on the shore of your life, but there is a God in heaven, who knows and understands. I don't know what's in the forefront of your mind, what the ache is in your heart. There is a God in heaven who knows and understands. And that's an incredible thing. 
I feel sorry for the people, don't you, that were given names that they would forever have to spell to other people. Either because the name is ridiculously spelt, or because a non-speller went to the registry office. That'll be Simon, double M, Simon, or whatever it might be. And names are so easy to make fun of, aren't they? Too easy, perhaps. So let's see if we can upset a few more people. What do you call a lady with one leg? Eileen. A lady with one leg, Eileen. We'll do it one more time just for the slow group down in the corner. A lady with one leg. What do you call a man in a cooking pot? You know this? Yeah. A man under a car? Oh, you're storming. What do you call a woman with a boat on her head? Maud. What do, you, what do you call a man with a spade in his head? Doug. Without a spade in his head? Douglas, yeah. See? It's good to end well, isn't it? We ended strong. Low point in the middle. Called him Jesus. So ordinary. And yet so extraordinary. Because Jesus was to live up to his name. Like perhaps no one else has ever lived up. To their name. He will save, or perhaps a better word, he will rescue his people from their sins. The Bible pictures the world like a, a vessel uh, out at sea, broken down in a storm with no way of rescuing herself, tossed about by the waves at the mercy of the storm. And Jesus came to rescue. And the idea of someone rescuing us has a, a massive resonance in our lives. It's why all the blockbuster movies are about rescues. Be it Spectre, be it uh, um, uh, Hunt, uh, The Hunger Games, Star Wars. It's all about a rescue. And the real blockbusters are about a rescue that's motivated by love. Why does that resonate with us? It resonates with us because it's the story of our lives. It's the longing of our hearts. That there would be a love that would rescue us from the life that we cannot rescue ourselves from. And like that stricken vessel out at sea, we live in a world that's sinking, that's slipping under. We can fight it, we can struggle to stop it. But like the Titanic, it's hit that iceberg. And it's only a question of time. And just like you would if you were caught on a stricken vessel, you would hang on to whatever bits of the vessel, whatever bits of debris you could possibly get your hands on in the belief that that would offer you a little bit of safety. Just like in this world, we'll grab hold of whatever little bit of debris we can in the belief that if I can hold on to enough, somehow it'll keep me safe. Somehow it will save me. But the story of that manger is about a God in heaven who, like that seeking pilot, would come down on the rope into the storm of our lives. And as we let go of the debris that's washing away, 
as we cling to him. So for the first time, or for the millionth time in our lives, as we cling to him, we know that soon, very soon, we'll find our way home. An extraordinary name, because he alone would save his people from the mess that they were in. The Bible says in another place, there is no other name, no other person under the whole of heaven that's been given to men and women in order that they might be rescued. Such an ordinary name because he gets involved in the mess of our lives. Such an ordinary name because he relates to us in every way. And yet such an extraordinary name because he rescues me from the things that I cannot and never can rescue myself from. And we all know that there are things that we need rescuing from. We all know there are things that we can't deal with ourselves. We live with the illusion sometimes that if I cling to the bit of debris, all will be well. But in our hearts we know we need someone to come to us. And as you watch the great action movies, have you been to see uh, Star Wars yet? No. No. Anyone been to see Star Wars? Anyone know that it's on? You good Christians, not allowed in the cinema in case Jesus can't. No, let's not go there. What is it? Re- it resonates because we long for a love that will rescue us. We long for a breath from heaven that will give us life that takes us way beyond the here and now on into eternity. We're going to be quiet for a moment. I'm going to invite Emma to come and sing to us. And then I'm going to lead us in prayer. As we think about a God that can relate to us in every way and a God that rescues us wherever we are.